0: The comic book time machine episode 102 Marvel comics digest and DC showcase magazine grocery store comics showdown. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here because I love comics. I love reading them. I love writing them. I love talking about them. And, you know, the whole point of this whole podcast, The Comic Book Time Machine, is in some ways to feed nostalgia, you know, and just take those trips back in time to find those old comics that we enjoyed and find new old comics that we are going to enjoy. But then there's also some of the newer comics that we've talked about. And uh, but the point is we're, we're, we're going back and we're looking at these comics and um, looking at, you know, these different eras of comics and stuff like that. And I hold in my hands two paper time machines Now, one of them is a paper time machine that goes back as far as 2011, (laughs) not so far back. But the other one goes back as far as Um, just checking here with Mike's amazing world of comics, goes back as far as 19. Yep. 1966. And what are these two things? Well, these two things are comics that can be bought at grocery stores. And not only can they be bought at grocery stores, they are intended for purchase at grocery stores. Now, one of them I actually did purchase at the grocery store. I was um, out getting groceries. Strangely enough, and I was uh, in a hurry. Needed to get back here, so I uh, home, so I could um, take some kids. Uh, a couple of my kids are going to a, a camp that I needed to drop them off. Uh, for the ride to get to the camp and uh, I was getting some snacks for them, but I walked by the collectibles area of, uh, Walmart and there was a little, um, comic book display holder, a cardboard comic book display holder, and it had in it a showcase magazine. Um, so here's what it, 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 um, declared from the cover. It's under $10 it has 128 pages of your favorite DC heroes and villains, and it has special bonus content from Justice League number one. And I thought to myself, that's really, really interesting uh, that DC would have this. I th- I believe it's only at Walmart. Um, the other thing <laughs> about it is, uh, at first I thought there might be a couple different um, a couple different volumes, uh, but no, five variant covers. There are five variant covers. Now, it is clear the audience that they're going for with this magazine. Um, Wonder Woman is on all but one of the variant covers. And uh, Batman is on three of the five variant covers. One of the covers has Wonder Woman from the movie. Uh, one of them is just Wonder Woman. It's the close-up of her face holding a sword. Another one is uh, Wonder Woman and Batman and, uh, then there's one that's just Batman and then there's one that's, that features the justice league, but it's clear they're going after that, um, those wonder woman dollars, I guess, which, you know, there's some good money to be made there with wonder woman right now. Uh, unfortunately I'm not hearing good things about current wonder woman, but recent past wonder woman, I'm hearing some really, really good things about, and I'm personally not reading, um, really anything from DC, but, uh I bought it. Now, under ten dollars, yes. By two cents, it is nine ninety-eight. <laughs> so take that for what you will. Now they also had um some of those blind packs that I love, but they're really pricey. There's three comics and they're ten dollars or something like that. And it's just too pricey for me, and it's all like rebirth on and so it's really not something i'm I'm interested in but even though this is i believe rebirth on like this is from the rebirth and just from different series in that time period um since then in 2011 um i'm and actually i don't even know if 2011 is when rebirth is so maybe there's one issue in here that's pre-rebirth but anyway um even though I'm not interested in that era, I thought, you know what? 10 bucks, there's five comics in here and that comes out to what? $2 a comic. So that's, that's not too shabby. Um, I'm going to purchase it. Now, the reason I said it was interesting that I found that at Walmart in light of something was I, I find that interesting in light of something else I found. Now, this one I knew about beforehand um, wasn't uh, in the wild find. Um, Oh, by the way, I also, when I was at that Walmart, found these little miniature superhero diecast metal models. And um, I bought a, a little two inch tall or inch and a half tall Aquaman diecast Aquaman for for a dollar. And yeah, so anyway, it was a interesting uh, stop at Walmart. Now, this other thing, though, that I have, this is something I knew was happening. I knew it was coming. I was excited about finding out what it was going to be like. I was curious about a lot of different things. But um, this is Marvel Comics Digest starring The Amazing Spider-Man. It's the first issue. It proudly declares first issue. On the spine, it has... You know, number one on the side. Now, DC Showcase Magazine, there is nothing to indicate there's going to be another. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did another, like around the time that um, Justice League, the movie, comes out. But uh, this Marvel Comics Digest starring the Amazing Spider Man is actually published by Archie, uh, Archie Comics. And uh, what's interesting is just you have that relationship of uh, Marvel. I think, I don't know who approached two, but. You know, Archie is is the one comics publisher that has maintained a presence on the newsstand, on actual newsstands in, in American stores. Now, you can find comic books in other places. You know, you can find comic books on the quote-unquote newsstand, the magazine area of Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can find comic books sometimes. Um, they've, they've done a couple magazine-sized things recently that I've seen. I think I've seen. Maybe it's my imagination, but uh, – That, you know, tying into movies and stuff like that in like the, your grocery store on the magazine rack. But Archie is the one that has maintained a consistent presence in grocery stores, a consistent presence outside of bookstores and comic book stores. And there are these digest size books that, you know, they're, they're, they're thick, they're tiny, they're, they're kind of, they're on newsprint. So they're lightweight, they just fit in your hands very nicely, and it's all Archie, you know? And so I don't know if Archie approached Marvel or if Marvel approached Archie. You know, I could see it going either way. Marvel saying, hey, Archie has that presence. What if we proposed, a, you know, a partnership? And they could publish some of our material, but then they would use their, um, their contacts and, and their distribution and all that and, and their publishing method. And we can get Spider-Man out there in time for the Spider-Man movie, you know, and, uh, and this, I could also picture Archie doing the same thing and Archie saying, you know, we've got all this Archie product and people aren't buying our Archie superhero stuff, but I bet they'd buy Spider-Man stuff, especially when there's a Spider-Man movie coming. And so you have what I hold in my hand now. Now I did not buy it at a grocery store. I wanted to, I was interested in seeing, you know, I, I keep looking even after I bought this, every grocery store I've gone to, I've looked to see if they had this with their Archie comics, uh, if they had them even, um, and I haven't seen it in the wild, so to speak. Uh, but I did see it on the shelf at my comic shop at buy And so I, I grabbed it and thought, you know, this way, if it's at a grocery store, an actual kid can find it or something. I don't know. But, uh, I do know, um, Rob Kelly from the, uh, fire and water podcast. And he does, um, a digest cast and a treasury cast. And he, you know, he does different things, but I do know he, he stuck it out and he was looking for it in the wild and he found it in the wild. And it took him a long time, but he did it. <laughs> and, I, on the other hand, have not done it. I did not do it. And but I have it in my hand. So what I have in my hand is a really interesting book. And I was very excited about it once I finally saw it and was looking at it. It's only 6 dollars Now, for those of you keeping score at home, $6.99 is also under $10. And if we are going to keep score uh, with this and, you know, do this as a Marvel versus DC kind of thing, um price point alone marvel has uh you know gets that point 6.99 but not only that the dc showcase magazine has five issues in it this one has and i I keep losing count but there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven is there more 12, 13, 14, is there 15 issues in here? Yeah, there's a lot in here. Let's put it that way. Um, in fact, let's let's walk through. Uh, let's see here. There is Amazing Spider-Man issue number 38. There is Amazing Spider-Man issue number 156, 157, 158, and 159. Okay, so there's five issues right there. There's a a Marvel Age Spider-Man number one, Marvel Age Spider-Man number six, uh, Marvel Adventures Spider-Man number two, Marvel Adventures Spider-Man number three, Marvel Ultimate or Marvel Universe Ultimate Ultimate Spider-Man number one from the cartoon show. And Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors number eight. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, I, I was I was a little off. The way. I was getting up to fifteen. Um, maybe I was getting a little too excited. But um, there's a lot in here. Okay, I mean eleven. That's uh, for those of you keeping score at home. Um, price point, Marvel wins. Content, just the amount of content, Marvel wins. Uh, but then you. Get into the selection of the content now. Okay, granted, uh, I have purchased a comic book that has Deadpool in it. Some of you know how I feel about Deadpool. In fact, the most recent comic that I have uh, purchased that had Deadpool in it before this one, um, I purchased because it had Agent Coulson. And those of you who know, you know, I do the, um, welcome to level seven podcast about Marvel legions of shield. Um, I'm a Colson fan. Uh, he's one of my favorite Marvel universe characters. And frankly, I couldn't not buy it. Now I, that Deadpool issue that I did purchase, um, they haven't resolved some of the events in that issue, but I was relieved to see that Colson was only in one panel of the the issue that followed. So I didn't, I I didn't touch it. I didn't, I didn't buy it. And um, maybe in the next issue, we're going to get something more with him, but yeah, but um, I'm happy to report that Colson is also in in this uh, uh, Marvel comics digest because Colson is in the cartoon show, the, uh, the ultimate uh, Spider-Man cartoon show that is. So yeah. Um, I think maybe for me, Deadpool, uh, Coulson evens the scales enough. So when I if I if I have a Deadpool in a comic and Coulson is in the comic, it's, you know, they they even each other out. So anyway. uh, Yeah, so this 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 book, I haven't read the whole um, Marvel Comics Digest yet. I did read. Uh, the DC Showcase magazine. I, I read all five issues in there, so I've I read that entire thing. But there's just not enough time to read the entire Marvel Comics Digest. There is so much in here. Now I don't know how many pages it is. Uh, I did not figure it out. I did not um, you know count or anything like that. But I mean, there is it's just a thick volume, and you want to talk about nostalgia? DC Showcase magazine. I hold it in my hands, and I think. You know, just looking at the cover, honestly, it feels like I'm holding a wizard magazine. Okay, I read wizard. I bought wizard. And after a while, I cut up wizard magazines and made this cool desk display because I go through the wizard magazine and just look for every single comic cover that was uh, three inches or smaller but it was just the comic cover and had no, you know, no other thing overlapping or anything like that. And I cut them out and I made this awesome, awesome display. Uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, m- not a mural, but eh, eh. anyway, I don't remember the word, but it was just these, all these comic covers. And I put some plexiglass over it and that was my desk and it was so, so cool. That is about the extent of the positive nostalgia that I have for Wizard Magazine. Now, Wizard Magazine did introduce me to, I think it was Wizard Magazine. It might have been Hero Illustrated. One of them introduced me to the Ultraverse. But uh, I hold this in my hand, and I feel like I'm looking at a Wizard Magazine. And I hold the Marvel Comics Digest magazine in my hand, and it's, it just takes me back. It takes me back, really, I mean, Archie Digest. I had a handful of Archie Digest when I was a kid. I had a Casper Digest when I was a kid that uh, was so special to me and had written on on it Benji Avery. Uh, This was a comic that was given to me by uh, a sixth grader when I was in third grade because he was going to be going to um, a different school the next year. And he... Uh, hung out with me a little bit every once in a while on the playground. And so he gave me this Casper Digest magazine. And, um, and and then since then there's been other, you know, there's been manga, uh, m- manga volumes that I've had that have felt like this with the same kind of paper quality. And um, so this gives me nostalgia, but then opening it up, there's nostalgia as well. You know, the showcase magazine, You know, these are not nostalgic to me. These are new stories. Now, they were new, brand new. I had not read anything um, from any of the stories that are in this magazine. But if you're just going for the nostalgia factor, if you're keeping score at home, Marvel has won three points out of three. Then you look at it, and the first one that they have in here, which is the uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue, uh, issue number 38 The title is uh, Just a Guy Named Joe. This is a um, Steve Ditko and Stan Lee uh, comic. And I am not sure which edition I had, but I had a reprint of this, probably from Marvel Tales. Um, Somehow we got a a reprint of this particular story here. And I haven't reread it um because I wanted to read some of the stuff I hadn't read yet but the opening story when I open up the front cover and I see just a guy named Joe I <laughs> just like yes this is a great great story it's a fun story and I hope it still holds up as far as being fun but I wanted to read some of the stuff I hadn't read before and there's four issues in here four issues in a row it's uh, amazing spider-man number uh, 156 through 159 I believe And it is a a graphic novel. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's it's um, the the first one is called On a Clear Day. You can see the mirage. And I'm reading this. This is uh, this is Len Wein and Ross Andrew. Um, The inker is Mike Esposita. And I'm 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 reading this and it's just taking me back. It's just taking me back. Now I was two when this issue came out, but when I was in junior high, I was buying the um, the Marvel Tales that were reprinting Spider-Man classic Spider-Man stories, along with Amazing Spider-Man. Around this, around uh, th- it was after 300. I didn't get Marvels uh, the Amazing Spider-Man number 300. I believe I started getting the Amazing Spider-Man off the newsstand shelves. Around 302 or something like that. It was close, but not not close enough. But anyway, this is taking me back to, to those Marvel Tales that I was buying. And this, oh, man. You know, and I had reprints. I had a digest that had some stories from, you know, this era, so to speak. Um, I remember buying, was it High C? It was High C juice boxes. And we were on a, a trip with my family and I had a couple comics that came and they had four issues that I think were all uh, in a row. And I only got one or two of them. And I remember it got soaked because we had it in the cooler and and the uh, box with the juice boxes within the cooler. And we opened it up and it was something with uh, Lightmaster or laser guy or something like that. But um, just just the style of this Spider-Man, the Ross Andrew style and then I, I'm reading the story, and I've never read this story before, and it's really cool because the first issue is about uh, Spider-Man versus the Mirage, who's just a guy who wanted to, you know, be able to stand up against Spider-Man, but he um, crashes the uh, a wedding. And Spider-Man has to stop him, but in in the meantime, there's this guy who's just like in the alleyway, and he's this homeless guy, and he's being chased by someone, and uh, it's this mystery of who he is. And you get to the final page, and it's Doctor Octopus, and he is alive now. Apparently, he was presumed uh, dead uh, after his own wedding uh, with Aunt May was interrupted, and so now he has come back to Aunt May. And so then the next three issues are about how he is being uh, haunted essentially by the uh, the nuclear power created radioactive ghost of Hammerhead uh, gangster who is haunting dr octopus and there's a twist as to why he's haunting dr octopus but there's this whole chase sequence with spider-man and dr octopus where dr octopus is just trying to find the way that he can get rid of hammerhead but um dr octopus takes aunt may with him because he doesn't want hammerhead to hurt aunt may and and it's four issues and it's a four issue story now the first one you could take out, and and you probably wouldn't even notice, uh, other than you don't get that reveal, and you you don't understand when Peter Parker comes to Aunt May's house and there's Doctor Octopus there. You kind of what why what, what why is he still there or why is he there at all? Um, but it's perfect. It is perfect. It is a just a slice of 1976 comic books and Marvel comic books to be uh, precise and, and Len Wein um, just, it's, it's just the right kind of cheesy superhero comic books, you know, where you have giant machines that are just available to be grabbed and, and uh, manipulated and used. And you have, uh, you know, chases through the city and you have J Jonah Jameson with his unnatural hatred for Spider-Man and, so you have a classic story from the Stan Lee era. Um, you have this classic four issue run uh, with Spider-Man having to, you know, deal with Dr. Octopus. And this is where I've said, you know, a lot of Spider-Man's best enemies are people who are actually tied in somehow to his, his personal life. and, With Dr. Octopus, I had never thought of this before, but you have people who are like, oh, it's Peter Parker's professor or it's Peter Parker's best friend's dad or it's Peter Parker's best friend. And you have Dr. Octopus, who's basically Peter Parker's, um, you know, Aunt May is not his parent. uh, It's his aunt. But Aunt May very easily could be considered his mother figure. You know, she is the parental figure that is still alive. Uncle Ben looms very large in his life as the parental figure that died after giving him some good, good advice, which we hang on to just that good advice. But, you know, they, they raised him together until Uncle Ben died. And then Aunt May raised him alone. And Dr. Octopus is the stepdad you know, at least in some of the, in this particular story I'm reading, this. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, Spider-Man has to fight this guy because this guy is a jerk. Well, you know, in our terms, you know, sometimes the stepdad is a jerk or you feel like he's a jerk because um you don't know him well or whatever. But um in this, they end up having to work together because they both care about Aunt May. And this is where you kind of get in real life. This is kind of where you kind of get past with that step parenting thing. You get past the whole idea of you're replacing someone that I care about and love, or you are taking the attention away from, um, me, the attention that my mother would be giving me is is now going to this, this intruder. But then you hit that point where, or a point where you kind of realize, well, this person cares about. My mom or cares about my dad. And my mom or my dad cares about this person. And Dr. Octopus, all the stuff he does with Aunt May in this, it's not trying to harm her. It's not trying to hurt her. It's trying to protect her, trying to save her. And you get the impression that he wants to be a better person because of Aunt May. And it's really, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of neat. I don't, I didn't read the, uh, the wedding story where the, the wedding ceremony was interrupted. It's alluded to in here and they give flashbacks to some of that stuff. And I don't remember, honestly, I don't know what happens much after this. I do know that was a, a thing and every once in a while he'll pop up. And when he pops up and Aunt May is involved, she gives him all the benefit of the doubt and everything. But, um, I don't know what it's like for them in, in the current continuity. It does make it a little weird when you realize that, uh, uh, Dr. Octopus was in Peter Parker's body for a while and yeah I'm not even gonna uh, go there but anyway the other stuff that's in here is these two Marvel Age uh, issues and both of these Marvel Age issues are again kind of from the Stan Lee uh, Steve Ditko era but they are redone for a modern audience with a modern style of dialogue and a modern style of artwork and both of them have to do with the vulture. Now I didn't read them just now. I have read them before because both of these were collected uh or at least the one was. I have to check and see if the other one was, but they were collected in um Spider-Man magazine that was being published uh a while back and that's another topic for another uh, podcast. I I purchased all of the um Marvel magazines that were on the magazine stands for a little while. And they did X-Men, they did Spider-Man and they had, um, ultimates. And I can't remember all the stuff that was, was in those magazines, but, um, I purchased them because they were on, you know, these regular store, uh, magazine racks. And so I was just supporting comic books in general by doing so. But then I also got to read as a result of that, um, some of these Marvel age comics. And I also got to read as a result of that, some of the, um, the, uh, ultimate stuff. That's all of the ultimate comics that I've read have been in magazine format. I have not read any ultimate universe comics in any format other than that. Um, so that's how I read, uh, Marvel team up with Spider-Man. That's how I read ultimate Spider-Man and ultimate X-Men. Uh, Oh, I do take that back. I did purchase the first six issues of ultimate fantastic four. Uh, maybe the only six issues, but yeah. So anyway, um, the Marvel Adventures uh, issues, I, again, have not read them yet, but these are, again, the um, that more modern sensibility of, of comic book. And yeah, and I haven't read, obviously, the Deadpool issue yet and I've only flipped through enough to see the page or two that, that Coulson is in as um, Peter Parker's principal. And also um, I think he has something to do with Spider-Man, his mentor or something like that. So (laughs) Uh, content Uh, again, you know, I'm just going to lay my hand out there content wise. I had so much more fun reading Marvel comics digest than then I did DC showcase magazine. That's not to say I didn't have fun reading DC showcase magazine. And I I did. I enjoyed reading it because I'm not very familiar with, with the, this particular era of, of comics. But the problem was in the Marvel comics digest, I felt like they were trying to give complete stories and not just teasers where the DC showcase magazine is a sampler and it's a sampler intending to get you to want to get more. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's what they want with Marvel comics digest. I mean, they're, they're saying, you know, there's another one coming. <laughs> the next issue will be Avengers and I can't wait. I hope it's the same kind of thing uh, where it's not just, Oh, we're going to put in like the classic, you know, origin of the Avengers. Cause there is nothing in here. That's like, Stuff you've read over and over and over again, or it's been collected over and over and over again. I hope they find a really cool Avengers arc from, you know, the late 70s or early 80s. And I hope um, there's some new modern stuff in here. And I hope that there's, you know, just a one shot kind of thing. But DC Showcase magazine, uh, they're clearly saying, you know, here's Batman. But almost every single issue um, ends on a cliffhanger. And so it says, here's Batman. You know, and we end on cliffhanger. So that's and there's like three Batman cliffhangers in here. Uh, The Wonder Woman. So it's Batman Rebirth number one. And that was actually, you know, almost a standalone story. Almost. But it's obviously then when you get to the end, it's setting up something else. Um, You have Wonder Woman issue number one, which is absolutely just setting up what's to come with Wonder Woman. And, you know, honestly, I kind of liked what they had going on there with all the mythological things. And it was it was kind of cool. Batman and Robin number 30. The reason it's in here, it's a Batman and Wonder Woman team up. Batman comes to Paradise Island and his intention is to find um, I never say his name right, but Ra's al Ghul or Rush or I don't I don't say it right. I'm sorry. but. he Rash Agul has uh, Batman's son's body, and he's trying to resurrect um uh, Batman's son so that Batman's son will be a clean slate that he can um, just completely reprogram to follow evil instead of good and there's there's it's a really um it's a good standalone issue in the middle of a long term storyline. <laughs> Let's put it that way, because this is it's part of a series or a, an event or whatever. That's the hunt for Robin. And I'm not sure if this is meant to be a, a particular chapter number or what. Um, but when they find the Lazarus pit and then there's this battle and then there's a monster that's there to guard. And what gives this a nice resolution for me and I really what I really like this single issue because of what they do with the monster. There's something really neat that they do with the monster and how the monster, you know, comes and starts fighting. And then uh, wonder woman, I guess I'm kind of spoiling this, but she uses her lasso of truth to find out. What do you really want? What do you, you know, cause he's like hungering for something, but the question is, what do you really want? And the monster just wants to see the light again and go out into the, the sunshine. And it goes in the sunshine and, and then it's gone. It leaves, and I can't tell if it disappears in the sunshine and is you know burned away or or what it is. But it's a it's a really neat moment, and Batman ties it into um, the the way that his son, who had been trained to do evil stuff, did the same thing. Just wanted to get out in the light and get off the dark path. And now he's going to continue looking for his son, uh, his son's body. And there's another neat moment in here where. Um, you know, clearly this is in the beginning of some of the relationship stuff that's going on with um, Batman and, and wonder woman and all the different superheroes. And he's like, wait, your dad's Zeus. And that's kind of um, weird. And, and wonder woman just gives him a look, just this smirk. And it's just this nice little moment where she says, it's a big, strange and wondrous universe, Bruce. And then he says, getting stranger with each passing day. And it doesn't mean I have to like it, but It's a really neat moment, and I really like that moment. In fact, of all the issues in here, this is the one that I like the most, which is the one that kind of surprised me the most. But, yep, Batman and Robin number 30, which is Batman teaming up with Wonder Woman on Paradise Island. Then there's Batman number 13, which um, is tied into the whole um, death slash return of Joker where they've cut off his face and – He's trying to get his face back and it's kind of yucky, kind of gross. It's well-written. It's a decent story. But then again, it just ends on a cliffhanger <laughs> and it's a really uh, good cliffhanger. Uh, if you're going to end on a cliffhanger, this is one to end on it. But uh, the cliffhanger is a splash page of Joker at the um, mansion door. Um, and Alfred has just opened it and Joker has a, a wrench and he's, Holding it up in the air, and he's about to hit Alfred with it. And then you have Justice League Number One: The Extinction, the Extinction Machines Part One. And that's just a nice showcase of all the members of the Justice League helping uh, save the world and finding out that there's something really bad going on. the The bad thing that's going on is lots and lots of earthquakes all around the world. And then we find out the really bad thing is that there's some alien stuff happening that's going to be bigger. Now this does come with uh four pages of script and art progression, pencils, inks, and colors. And that's really neat. That, that's fun, and it's always fun to get behind the scenes. Um, this is rated T for, for teen. Um there is no rating on the uh Archie book, but they're they're definitely skewing younger with the Archie book. But yeah. So for those of you keeping score at home, Marvel Comics Digest, it compl- it just creams <laughs> uh, DC Showcase Magazine. DC Showcase Magazine is an intentional uh, cash grab where we're saying, we're going to get this out there, get people's 10 bucks. Hopefully they'll read these and say, oh, I want to see more Wonder Woman comics or I'll read these and say, oh, I want more Batman comics. And they'll try and maybe track down the graphic novels that these are collected in. Marvel comics digest feels more like we want to get kids to see Spider-Man comic books. Still, they want kids to see the Spider-Man movie or they want kids to buy this because a Spider-Man movie is coming. You know, I mean, chicken, egg, I don't care. Um, Anything you publish that's published by a creepy giant publisher is a cash grab because that's how the publisher stays in business and that's how people continue to have jobs. And, you know, so, you know, take it for what it is, you know, we, we live in a capitalist society. And so both of these that I hold in my hand right now come from uh, companies that thrive on capitalism and getting people to buy stuff. So if you want to, if you're going to use the phrase cash grab, um, one of them is more flagrant, and the other one is more, um, I don't know, just good. <laughs> so Marvel Comics Digest. Yeah, if you see it, buy it. I, I tried not to give too many spoilers about the, the four-issue uh, story with Doc Ock in it. Um, now, yeah, I liked both of them, but as far as bang for your buck, as far as um, just presenting stuff that I like and enjoy. Uh, clearly it's, it's Marvel comics digest. So, yep, that's it. That's my review of these two grocery store comic books and the clear winner. Marvel. So if you have picked these up, I would love to hear uh, your thoughts about it. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't been checking our Book time machine email. I haven't checked it in a long, long time because there was a while, a long while where I would check and check and check and there wasn't much there. And so I just kind of got out of the habit of it because I just got tired of not seeing anything. I I need to check and see if there's something there. (laughs) But, um, you know, you can you can contact us. Let us know what you think about these things. And yeah. Uh, Beyond that, I really don't have much to say other than thanks for listening. And, you know. Comic books. If you're not having fun reading them, you're doing it wrong. And you can take that how you want to take it, but that's the way I, I look at it. So um, which means I'm doing man thing wrong because I'm not enjoying it, but I'm buying it. <laughs> but anyway. Now, if you are so inclined to uh, send us some feedback, you can just send it to feedback at comicbooktime com. That's our email address. You can also find our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash comic book time machine. And You can also leave comments on our website, comicbooktimemachine.com. So once again, thank you so much for listening, and Godspeed. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire and Water Podcast Network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show, and I want to be sure to plug my movie show, The Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how The Secret Origins Podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network, and then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, The Black Canary and Zatanna Podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geekcast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast, Rob and I do, too. What about you, Cisco? Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion. And yes, oh, hot move. Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure. Why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha Podcast. Now, Here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes. To the wait network. a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire & Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shaq. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first. So we should be the first people talking on the promo. Ben, voyons, don't. You have what? Got uh, what? Go. We cannot be the language the water Network. Just, Enough! Like, Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in twenty sixteen. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new, dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page, and folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network, available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and FireAndWaterPodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you?